0: Welcome, everybody. Another episode of No Driving Gloves. Kind of a different one this week because it's just John and Will. Uh, Derek's off doing his wedding planning. Yeah, excuse me. I don't even want to say the word, I guess. He's off doing his wedding planning, and uh, when he rejoins us in a week or two here, um, he's no longer single, so I hate to disappoint all the female listeners out there, but good old bow tie wearing Derek is taken. I guess the doctor says bow ties are cool. We haven't talked to Will in a couple of weeks here, so let's, uh, do you have any big highlights, any big happenings that you just want to touch on the podcast, or should we just jump right into the dirt and the meat of of this episode?
1: You know, we had a great weekend at uh, the Street Rod Nationals in Louisville. Um, We debuted the 42 truck, had a great response, and just trying to get back to normal after the crazy couple of months that we've had you know finishing up the 76 f100 building a camaro from scratch and and then the the final push to get the truck in uh in louisville so just just trying to get everything to settle back down and get back to normal try to try to work 40 hours a week we're going to see if we can you get we got in such a habit of working 60 70 hours a week and it's it's almost I know it sounds crazy, it's kinda hard to back down, you know, when you when you're so used to doing that for a couple of months. So that's about really it around here. Of course school started back, so that's a that's a good time for things to settle down and start getting back to normal. I have two kids in the school that I take every morning. So what better time to kinda start taking your foot off the gas pedal a little bit, you know?
0: Yeah, I know you've been going uh, pretty much, uh, I guess, balls to the wall the last couple of months, and forty-one's been or forty-two's been a little bit of a time time frame there, but you know, last-minute push on it like every project, and I think that Camaro snuck in on you, and and he can't complain, can't turn away business, Uh, and seems you've. uh, Produced on all three accounts, the uh, good old uh, F-100 and the good old Chevy and the good old Chevy. So I think the listeners have uh, forgiven you. It's good to have you back. And uh, we've (laughs) got we do have some topics and that to hit on in the next couple of weeks. And we've got some interviews coming up and we're still experimenting with some new recording software and that on this end and some new equipment. So if we have some audio issues and we had a delayed release last week and we might have one or two audio issues this week.
1: Well, you know, sc- Scotty D says it pretty good, you know, if if Hot Rod Shops didn't have car shows to go to, we would never finish anything because we're we're, we're all we're all so anal retentive about everything just being perfect and there's always something you would change once it's painted and put together and you step back and look at it. There's always two or three things you step back and go, man, I wish we could have done that a little different or or if we would have moved this over here, you know, and there's always something. So car shows are kind of our saving grace to get stuff finished. and, And, you know, they always sneak up on you and you think you got enough time and, Next thing you know, you're working an all nighter and loading it in the trailer and leaving from the shop and not going home, especially on debuts like that. Well, I mean, perfect case scenario. Um, we're going to another show this weekend in Bowling Green, the Tri Five Nationals, and it's uh, eight thirty right now on Wednesday night, and we still don't have the cars in the trailer. So I mean. Granted, we had some issues with the trailer that we had to fix and a few little things here and there, and we're taking another car that we're building in bare metal. So I guess technically it's its debut at a public event as well. So debuting two different cars in back-to-back weekends is... uh, I hope I never do again. <laughs> and
0: that's almost debuting. So say so that's, that's almost debuting three cars in uh, what? Five weeks.
1: But uh, technically, yeah. I mean, the Camaro, the truck, and now the 56, it's been a little crazy around here, but you know what? It is what it is. And, and uh, this is what I signed up for when we started big Oak garage. And, you know, all the guys here are, are, are welcoming it in. And, and that's why, you know, that's why there's a guy still working. So if uh, if y'all hear some beating and banging going on in the background, I, I apologize. I shouldn't be recording here at the shop, but it is what it is.
0: I never looked at it from that Scotty D point of view, but for where I work, we never race for a deadline. We never race for a show. It just happens to finish, and maybe that's why some of our stuff takes a little bit too long. until. They until uh, we get pushed and somebody puts a self-imposed deadline on us and we just always are striving for that level of perfection and, it, and you just never get there. So, <laughs> true. That I guess true. maybe the shows are a little, little bit welcoming. I remember back when I was in for-profit shops and working for people, the shows were the deadline and the guys that were just building to build, those cars always seemed to take a I'm not even going to say a little bit longer. They always seem to take a lot longer, so. Oh, yeah. Well, I have alluded to on the Facebook and the Instagram feeds, and I've done a typical John and used John Logic and went out and bought a new vehicle. I kind of wanted to get some opinions out of Will on it. Figured we'd chat about it on the podcast and... Maybe you give us some feedback on, well, oh, that's a stupid idea. No, that's pretty cool, and I can't say I'm going to do it. I still have a house for sale. Money's still a little bit tight. I woke up a couple of weeks ago, and, said, you know, after thinking about this for a while, I want to buy a, a minivan or one of the little cargo transit connects. And after jumping through some hoops with Ford Finance and some inexperienced finance people with the dealership and almost breaking down and buying a Ram, uh, what are they called? Ram ProMaster Cities and its Fiat drivetrain and eating my words and buying another Fiat. Transit Connect landed in my driveway, very pleased and happy with the dealership experience and the sale price and got rid of my little Hyundai Veloster And I've been using it as a pickup truck the last couple of months with moving and Just the way my life works. I just kind of needed a truck and just haven't been able... I've got the trailer hitch on the Taurus, but I just haven't wanted to hook the trailer up behind the Taurus, and I just don't know if an SHO should be pulling a trailer. So I wanted to get a mini truck like my old lowered S10. I'll pop some pictures of that up, and I built that back in 03, the last mini truck I had. It was a short bed S10, sat two, five-speed, had the thing slammed, and eventually had a, uh, you know, snug top on it and it was a good little truck. And then I bought another car and I needed a bigger truck. So I sold it and went down the road of big trucks. But for my lifestyle, I just need something I can throw some lumber in and maybe throw something in and I don't have to worry about unloading it because I just wanted a small pickup with a topper. And you know what? They don't make small pickups anymore. And everybody looks at you really funny with a topper. so for. Just over 20 grand. I bought this little transit connect. It's, you know, four foot high inside, four, four, or just over four feet wide inside. It's like 48 and a half inches and seven feet deep. So I can't quite get a piece of plywood in it. You know, one window on the side, no windows around it. I'm going, you know, it's going to be a nice, you know, I'll be able to do some traveling to shows and maybe to use it as a podcast studio or a tent if it does rain or. Things like that, like I said, be able to move some lumber for my woodworking hobby, be able to move car parts or whatever else, and kind of enjoyed it. Maneuvering it around, it's narrower than regular vans and that, so there's my Transit Connect ad and kind of the reason, my justification for buying it. But I've sat around and go, now, what do I want to do with it? I don't like necessarily looking like the Roto-Rooter man in it or the Johnson Controls or your local utility company, because that's, that's what it is. You know, rubber floor, rubber seats, vinyl seats, no windows. that feel like it, you know, it it needs to get a little bit of character. <laughs> Send it to you with a blank check and. Uh...
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll make it the baddest transit on the planet.
0: Well, and that's it. You get on a line and you look around and there's some pretty badass ones that ford released in uh 2014 when this body style of transit connect came out i bought the 18 the 19s are just rolling out now i knew that when i bought it and the 19s have been updated and restyled a little bit so this is an 18 this is a second generation u.s version they've been sold overseas much longer than they have in the u.s and i just can't you know right now my dilemma is do i kind of leave it white with a Big, no Driving Gloves logos on the side of it and help promote the podcast? Or do I integrate those into some sort of modern graphic? Or do I do the old Wayback Machine and uh, kind of do some retro 70s era vanning stuff with it, integrating some late 80s mini trucking stuff with a modern vibe? Or I kind of threw this at will yesterday, and does he have any ideas, you know? Color and wrapping is the beginning of the stages, and we all know that the simple word is, yeah, we, we lower it. Some Somebody told me to lift it, but if you, Will, or if, if I sent you that van and I sent you a check with a reasonable budget, you got any ideas right off the bat?
1: First thing I would probably do is, obviously, upgrade the suspension. Uh, brakes, wheels, and tires. That's that would be the first thing. Uh, what what motor is is in those things? The little EcoBoost? No, it's
0: actually just a two point five liter. I want to say it's is a Ford used a Duratec? For some reason, I'm drawing a blank on that anymore. All mm-hmm. right. Well, well, well,
1: we'll put a turbo tur- put a turbo on it to make it. Is it front wheel drive or rear wheel drive? Front wheel drive. All right. So front wheel drive. Eh. That wouldn't be too much fun. We'll just leave the motor alone. Somebody (laughs) threw out
0: today that I needed to stick a supercharger Um, on it and then sent me, and I said, send me the link. And he sent me an eBay link, and all I could find were uh, turbos for um, fusions or focuses. So,
1: hey, we'll leave the motor alone. It probably gets pretty decent fuel
0: miles. Say, right right now, Um, I'm pulling about 25. Well,
1: there you go. So, uh, yeah, you know, put some adjustable coilovers on it, and uh, maybe put some, you know, with with the autocross and kind of pro touring thing being hot and heavy. I'm more of a traditional hot rod guy, so I know it's kind of weird for me to say this, but you know, maybe put some uh, BBS wheels on it or or forge lines or something like that, and uh, you know, get it sitting down with some big bare brakes and. You know, do a do a flat gray or flat black wrap on it with some, you know, no driving gloves, logos on it here or there, and, and give it more of a modern sports car kind of thing going on with it. I think that would be kind
0: of cool. I'm going to go back to your wheel question or statement. Because that's one thing I've been thinking about. There's like a guy on one of the Transit Connect Facebook pages that I don't know if he works for HRE or whatever, but he seems to be the wheel guy and, you know, he's got wheels on it costs as much as the van, but oh yeah, I'm kind of going, you know, this thing came, mine came stock with 16s and 18s will fit on it reasonably and still keeping tire and tire diameter the same. And I think 20s will actually tuck up under there. Or you lose a little bit of, you know, speedometer accuracy, but. And I kept going, you know, I remember back in 90, 92, 16s were kind of the big wheels of the time. And, you know, 17s hadn't quite grasped, grasped on. I think I had one of the first set of 17s on a CRX come 96, 97. Where are all these wheels from the early 90s? Where did they all go? Did they all get recycled? Does somebody have a hoard of them? We've got a guy at work that talks about all the time, where'd all the spinners from 10 years ago? You know, 10 years ago, every car, it seemed, had spinners on it, and now nothing does. So those wheels have to exist somewhere. Where do I go to find these vintage wheels and find something in this Ford, you know, bolt pattern? And a 16, I think that would be kind of cool to go with a retro wheel on it, as opposed to, you know, going out. And I've bitched on this show before. I think wheels are boring. Uh, It seems everything's a five, you know, I call everything's based off a five or a six-spoke design. No matter what they do, you can see a five-spoke in it or you can see a six-spoke.
1: You know, it'd be a pretty simple solution there. Instead of going with, you know, HREs or or forge lines, um, you go with the new rocket attack. You know, I mean, it's a very similar looking wheel. Have, you know, more than half the cost. Uh, you can have them overnight. You can put 18s on it, kind of have a modern look. Um, with, with not a lot of, is that a five on four and a half bolt pattern? Um, or is it four lug? I don't know. I
0: believe it's a five lug. I haven't looked at it yet. So
1: I bet it's probably five on four and a half or whatever the, you know, the metric version of that is. I don't get into metric wheels hardly ever, but, um, I bet he would have the right back spacing and you could do a 18 by, you know, eight all the way around and put some pullovers on it. That'd be a pretty neat little van.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say, I just did a, did a Google search for rocket attack. Um, that's not a Google search you're going to find wheels on. So once you do a Google search for rocket attack wheels, that's still, I'm looking at them, and it's still a five-spoke design. I mean, there's 10 spokes on the wheel, but they're laid out in yeah. a five-spoke. seen a couple interesting patterns out there. Oh, those are kind of bad
1: yeah it's, it's a split it's a split five spoke wheels is what it is
0: yeah we gotta figure out something different than that
1: oh here we go go to go to rocket's website we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna promote rocket for a minute guys go to and look at the rocket fire rocket fire wheels
0: i'm I'm at rocket racing wheels yeah they'll
1: they'll come right up. is that the wrong one no 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 you're right go to uh street rod or hot rod whatever yeah, street rod wheels.
0: Classic wheels? That's very oh, cool. there they are, street rod wheels. I would almost say I'm more for the the solid before the fire.
1: And then they got that sunburst.
0: I like the Those uh, are pretty no, cool I like too. the solid pictured with those optional lug old. cover and bra- spinner bracket. I guess we're going to have to put some pictures up on the uh, good old Facebook. It's going to be one of those you're going to have to enjoy on podcast, you're going to have to enjoy on Facebook and that. The solid wheel is looks just like a spun disc. There, There's nothing, nothing to it with a spinner in the middle.
1: They have them in 16s, 16, 16 by five, six, yeah, 16 by five, four and a half inch bolt pattern. Then, then you're kind of going with a little retro look, you know, you kind of got a little retro thing going on.
0: And like I said, that, and then the graphics on the van—I kind of. Um, here we go. This is a very visual podcast. We gotta are <laughs> audio. But I, a friend of mine, uh, just debuted as a first-generation Viper uh, this weekend with a very '70s esque paint job, and I keep going. You know, I kind of would like to do that '70s van look, but I don't know how to do it on mine.
1: <laughs> Bring it up Tell me you want a '70s van look and go home, and a few months later <laughs> you can come back. W- what we're going to do is paint it like the Mystery
0: Machine. I don't want the Mystery mi- Machine, um, <laughs> but uh, you—you know—you—I guess you can get online and see that. And I don't want the A Team either, but uh, some of the vibrant colors, and of course, I'm—I'm I'm partial to my pinks, but I don't necessarily want a pink van either. I'm just so indecisive. So just a simple suspension tuning there, and uh, because I f- I found a basic drop kit for it and static 1.6 inch lowering kit and the the wheels and.
1: 1.6, come on, you got to at least minimum go forward. 1.6, really? All you got to do is put a load of concrete blocks in the back and get that. That
0: yeah, yeah, true.
1: I mean, come on! Who would even waste their time doing
0: that? Well, that's kind of why I didn't spend the two, three hundred dollars in order of the kit, and I need to go lower.
1: Yeah, I can get I can get one point six out of stock crap. You know, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, why would you waste all your time? And you know, it takes the same amount of time to unbolt. Struts for 1.6 inches to do, and and, and to do 3.6 inches. You know, I I don't get that at all. I I like my crap scraping the ground. Man. I like my I like everything low.
0: Now I remember, I remember back when I was building my C10, and it was, you know, I was talking to the guy on the phone. We were working, and I like static drops. At the time, you know, this would have been what. Ninety three, ninety four. So static drops were still pretty the big thing. And I ended up dropping the back of this truck like eight inches in the front of the truck. No, the back 10, the front eight. And I remember the guy saying on the phone, what are the, what the hell are you trying to do with this truck? Are you rolling your joints with the frame rails? And I go, eh, I guess that might be the goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I don't get the videos that people are out there now when they have their bagged trucks and they're going and they're they're showering sparks. I don't I don't like doing that, but I guess, you know, getting in with the uh you know, thirty, forty millimeters of ground clearance.
1: Cameron, my leaf fabricator, just got a little Mazda out. You know, he's had it two weeks. Now, one week we were pretty much gone to look. So he's already got new coilovers on it, which dropped it two inches, two and a half inches, which is a lot for a Miata. And then has already got new wheels and tires on it. You know, with with uh fifteen or fifteen by eights all the way around. You know, I mean,
0: if you're gonna do it, do it. <laughs> I guess we're getting there. You kinda guided me and I've clicked over and saw the MSRP on those wheels and that's they're very affordable wheels. I guess that was part of the rocket racing. And uh
1: And I can even get you a better deal than retail, so there we go.
0: We don't need to tell the general public that, but
1: <laughs> No, that's fine. Call me, I'll 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 uh I'll treat you right.
0: You'll knock eight bucks off a set.
1: I might do, might do free shipping or something like that. Probably handle something like that. No. So shipping yeah. on wheels is not cheap.
0: Uh tell me about it.
1: That's how. That's how you can stay with your map pricing and still give somebody a good
0: deal. Free shipping. Well, we got that going on.
1: So how on on your transit? I'm not real familiar with it. so.
0: Yeah, I shot you over a couple of pictures, but uh...
1: yeah, I, I was looking at them. It, you know, it's a, it's a. I personally could never see myself driving one, but that don't mean it couldn't be a good shop vehicle to keep around the shop to go in and getting parts and, uh, you know, running stuff to the chrome plater, picking stuff up from the plater. Um, and, and things like that. So, yeah, that, the one you just sent me, John, the picture from the Detroit Steel Wheel Company, which is, um, is that Mob Steel? They're out of Detroit. I think so. That, they actually built that one and it was at SEMA, I'm pretty sure. That's a rendering of it right there.
0: Yeah, that's one of the, uh, four, four or six that were, uh, Ford gave to, Uh, four, six, whatever it was, rod shops in uh, 14, and they had them all at SEMA. I guess they were trying, see, they were trying to do the little van craze. And it gets me onto my little, you know, tirade is, uh, I guess I saw an Auto Week article today discussing that Ford is now looking at doing a unibody El Camino type pickup again in this, this country, and not the one out of Australia or anything looking at doing it from scratch. Or however, scratch, and that when I was picking up this van, I said, you know, I said to the dealer, "If you guys would just make this thing into a pickup truck, you'd sell a, you know, a bucket of them." It's 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 ridiculous, you know. It seems funny when you look at this van, and this is going away from the customizing and that. Talking about the state of the the car industry, this van is just a little bit like two or three inches shorter than like an Odyssey or a grand caravan, which really amazed me in this minivan shopping that they actually still made the grand caravan, but it's still a current production vehicle. And you can buy it for about the same price as this and still get seating for seven and DVD players and all that fun stuff in it. This little little transit, and then it's like six or seven inches narrower. So this thing, when I drive the bosses or the uh company's Odyssey minivan, it just feels like a huge van. It's like driving my two thousand one. A Ram 1500 conversion van. I had a high top conversion van back in about 2000, and that's what these minivans feel like. They're just as big, just as long, just as wide, and that's what makes this Transit nice, is I can whip into parking spaces and whip through traffic, and it really reminds me of driving the old small pickup. And ninety percent of pickup sales, or ninety percent of you know civilians that buy pickups don't need the big full-size pickup. They need to be able to go to Home Depot and throw three two-by-fours in the back every eight months. Or, you know, maybe they bought a, you know, a chair at, you know, rooms to go and need to get it home. Little things like that, that's all you ever need a pickup for. And, you know, a lot of people haul around air, as they say, and there's, there's no sense. I just think there's a huge market for these things if they reintroduced them now with where fuel prices are and the the buying habits of the American consumer. And that's, you know, that's why I went this way. And it's one reason I'm going, you know, maybe I want to customize this thing. So more people come up to me and talk to me about it. And I, you know, can discuss it. Now I bought this two weeks ago and then one of my coworkers bought a Colorado over the weekend. And it's huge compared to this little van. Um, it's almost as big as the previous full-size pickup this gentleman had. And, you know, he it doesn't, it doesn't haul as much in the bed, and it's a lot smaller inside, but the overall dimensions are very similar to his previous full-size truck that was about 12, 13 years old or something. It was an 07. I just think there it's part of, I guess, an interesting custom project to get people talking and thinking and, you know, anything I can do to promote my thinking and my ways, uh, I'm going to do, whether it be right or wrong.
1: One of the things that I would have to do really quick would be paint the front bumper white to match the rest of the, the you know, the rest of the vehicle. That just that drives me crazy.
0: <laughs> well. <laughs> That, I bought it, the I bought the base version. You know, this is a base truck. The only options that are on this truck are backup camera, LED light in the cargo area, which seems really stupid for seventy bucks, but damn, it's a bright light. And I bought I wanted the side glass in the passenger side sliding rear door, and by doing that, you have to buy the rear glass and the rear doors other than that, this thing has no options. It's an XL long wheelbase. They do sell an XLT and the XLT paints that front bumper and that rear bumper and the taillight housings. And as soon as I I make a decision on what I'm going to do with this thing, wrap it or paint it, I'm still probably going to do more of a wrap graphic to begin with because I'm so indecisive. And I know a lot of guys that can print the wrap for me and i can do the wrap myself and i'm cheap until i get all that decided yeah i'm sorry it's gonna have to remain that two-tone but
1: they're neat i think um you know it wouldn't it wouldn't do for me to go out and buy a brand new one um i can imagine i don't know is the how's the resale on them are they pretty decent are they pretty crappy
0: Well, that's the one nice thing about this, like compared to the Caravan for the same money, is these are commercial vehicles and commercial vehicle sales. They seem to hold their resale a lot better. Where if I go out and, you know, I buy a $20,000, $23,000 Hyundai Velocitor, I have a car that's worth $16,000 retail the next day. Where I go out and pay 20 grand for this, I've got a car that's worth about 18 resale the next day. So um, I always look at that resale number, knowing I'm usually not going to keep a car a long time. so I'm a little bit confident by being a, n- mainly a commercial vehicle, and that's where kind of some of my financing issues came up as they tried to sell me the vehicle as a private individual without a tax ID number with all the commercial incentives, and Ford Credits said, "Oh no, we can't do that." And when they realized that and then they sold it to me as an individual with the individual incentives, uh, it fixed the problem and made it a really nice deal. And when I went into the dealership, I was talking to them and I said, I want to drive a Transit Connect, which lots of luck finding these things are hard to find. Uh, Could also be just the end of the model year. You can't find one within 200 miles of Birmingham, Alabama with seats in it in the back. And then I wanted to drive a dead, dead base work F-150, which is a you know a five and a half foot bed on this pickup. I think um, vinyl seats, crank windows. I didn't realize I sold a car in in this country with crank windows in it and an AM/FM radio. I mean nothing else. Well, air conditioning isn't that standard on everything anymore. Nothing else. And, you know, that's a $28,000 truck after rebates 23. So for $3,000, I'd get a big, really base-based truck. And then they had a pretty good deal on a full-size Transit, which is the full-size Ford van. And as much as I wanted that, I didn't want to drive a full-size cargo van every day. And in compar- in comparison to the Ram City, Promaster City, the City seemed like a decent vehicle. Um a little bit noisier, um uh, just a slightly bigger cargo area, a lot different in its styling, uh just a little bit more to me a little bit more controversial styling. But I got on the Ram um ProMaster City Facebook pages and people were who who owned both a Transit and a City said no, oh, no, I'd buy a Transit from now on and there seemed to be oil Burning issues in the motor, and that's where I had my problems with Fiat in the past—was um, engines that consumed oil and consumed oil—and backed out on that. Went over to the Nissan dealer to look at their NV2 or 200, and got treated uh, by the Nissan dealer the exact same way I did in January. I went to the Nissan dealer in January, right before I bought my SHO, the day I bought my SHO, and wanted to look at a Nissan. And a guy sat there for 20 minutes and watched me. And then he goes, you need help? And I said, yeah, it'd be nice. And he disappeared. 15 minutes went by and nobody ever showed up. So I left. This time I went into the Nissan dealer and I said, I want to look at one of the NV200s that are out by the street. And the woman goes, oh, um, uh, I don't have the keys to it. And she's the, the the general manager, or the the floor manager of that shift. She goes, I'll have a guy call you tomorrow and you can come back. That was fourteen fifteen days ago, and I'm still waiting for my call back, so Nissan's obviously not interested in selling me a car
1: you know i had the, I had the same experience at a Nissan place. they just acted like they didn't want to sell nothing and i'm like how 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 do you even stay in business? I mean, I was out there walking around fifteen twenty minutes, and nobody even come out there. When we bought our new uh, our our new Dulia a couple of years ago, it was raining. I just drove through in my you know my daily truck at the time, which was a twenty five hundred GMC, and a guy come out there on a golf cart and and stopped me and asked me if he could help me find anything, and it was raining. And I'm like, man, this guy's a hustler, you know, and uh, long story short, they didn't have a duly on the lot. And he goes, find what you want and we'll uh, we'll be anybody's price in the country. And I was like, OK, those those are some pretty bold words that you are saying to me there, buddy. And uh, he said, uh, I, I will. I said, all right. So uh called a called a friend of mine. Uh, that has a Chevrolet dealership in Nevada. And he told me, you know, what he could sell me one for. And anyway, haggled around with a couple of local dealerships and went back to him. And I said, this is what I can buy this truck for right here. And uh, he goes, I can sell it to you for that. And I said, and they were going to put a hidden uh, B&M, you know, gooseneck hitch in the back. And he goes, done. <laughs> it was that easy, so I bought it at my local dealership.
0: It's a, it's kind of funny how that happens because I'll say the van that I bought was actually at a different dealership, and I've bought I've bought Fords from both of these Ford dealerships before, but I wanted I wanted that side glass, and the de- the dealership that I was originally went into only had two short wheelbases with no rear windows. You know, I said, no, nope, this is the one I want. This is the one I want you to do the deal on. And when they couldn't get the deal done in the first day or two, you know, I said, well, to hell with it. I'm going to go to the other Ford dealer. I've dealt with them before. I've had good luck with them and went in and they gave me a ridiculous amount of money on my trade. They were a couple thousand dollars less than the other Ford dealer and uh, than the Dodge dealer was on my trade. And I said, no. If you can do this, which two dealers, you know, down the street are offering, we'll do, we'll do the deal. And oh no, no, we can't do that. We'll show you this is what the real numbers are, and we're you know we're not we're not playing number games. Well, I'm not taking that. It's not doesn't make me feel good. So I left. And two days later, that first Ford dealer called me back and said, hey, we got the deal done. And I said, on the one that I want from the other dealership. And they said, yep. And this is the deal we're going to give you. And they gave me what they offered trade. They gave me a little bit more off than what the dealer sh- the dealer was asking on. These are once price type Ford dealerships, so you know you pay kind of pay the sticker, and I got all the discounts and everything. And you know they went and got it from the other dealer. It's kind of ridiculous, that, you know, the dealer closer to my house. Could, wouldn't sell it to me and the dealer, you know, a mile farther from me went and got it and still sold it to me four or $5,000 cheaper. It's just, I don't understand car dealer math or whatever, but I guess everybody's happy in the end of it. You know, they all, they're in business and everybody's happy, but I'm satisfied with my deal, but that's not for us to critique ne- car negotiations. And that's something that's, uh, art. I'm, think I'm pretty good at it because say the gentleman that bought the Colorado, he had to pay the $1,600 fluff charge that the Chevy dealer was charging on it. And it ironically is the same dealer we bought uh, my girlfriend's new car at with a little bit of my negotiation tactics that fluff charge disappeared off of our car.
1: I want to say something right quick. If you're going to buy a new car, do not buy the day you walk in there. You walk out of there and you say, I ah, man, I just I think you can do better. And leave. Trust me, they're gonna call you with a better deal. They're going to. You need to leave. And <laughs> you 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 may just need to leave and go across the street and grab me a hamburger or whatever. They're gonna call you back. They're going to figure out a way to sell you that vehicle at, as long as you're reasonable with your offer. They're going to figure out a way to sell it to
0: you. Well, that's kind of how I made that fluff charge go away for us is, you know, they told me it was there. And I said, no, you're advertising the car at this. You mentioned nothing about this other charge. Well, we put that on every car. and We can't we can't make that go away. And I said, excuse me. And I got up and walked out of the dealership and walked over to the car and read their little addendum sticker. And I went back in and I said, okay, I'm going to pretend you've actually done this, this, and this to the car. But I don't see this done, this done, this done, this done. So I'll agree to give you X number of dollars. They go, oh, well, we can't. And then all of a sudden they came out and said, well, we can't make that go away but I think it was sixteen hundred dollar upcharge. But we're going to give you nineteen hundred dollars off the car. That's going to more than offset that. Okay, right. I- I'll live with that. You're giving me three hundred. You know, you're giving me three hundred dollars more, and I'm already offering you five. So you're giving me a whole bunch more money than I'm asking you to take off. And then other things that happened, we ended up literally stealing the car. In my humble opinion, but it's you know. $250 for nitrogen and tires is BS. Like I, I'm a believer, and everybody wants to. Nitrogen and tires, it's great. Unless you're NASCAR racing or Formula One racing, nitrogen doesn't matter. Uh, and unless they're filling that tire in a vacuum chamber, what good is it doing for you? Because you've got, you know, you mount a tire to a rim, it has air in it, just atmospheric pressure. And then they go ahead and they put nitrogen in it to bring it up to, say, 32 PSI, which is your tire pressure. It still is half full of natural air unless it's filled in a vacuum. And every time I've asked the car dealers to see their vacuum chamber, they look at me like I'm nuts. Well, we've got a special machine in the back. But it's not, you know, you still have air in there. So, you know, don't don't give me the, the, the nitrogen. You know, that's a joke. The door edge guards, oh, they put a piece of vinyl packing tape on the edge of my doors. I'm careful.
1: That looks like crap.
0: And I'm careful with my cars. I don't door ding. And my Taurus SHO is black and has no rub strips on it. My Ford Edge Sport was black with no door rub strips on it down the side, you know, to protect it from door dings. Both those cars, no door dings or whatever, and knock on wood. The Edge, when I traded it, it had 83,000 miles on it and not a single door ding. And the Taurus is 10,000 miles and no door dings on it yet. And they're shiny black cars. If you're careful with your car, you don't need that $395 piece of packing tape. And, you know, paint protection, wow, you waxed it. (laughs) and, And you probably waxed it the same way I'm going to when I run it through the car wash. No, it's a daily driver. I'm gonna run it through a car wash. If it's a collector car, yeah, I might hand wash it.
1: And 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 the whole the whole waxing of new cars, it's wrong anyway. You know, you're not supposed to wax a car until it's been painted for at least three months. I argued with a guy about that one time. Oh man, you we wax them as soon as we get them, and I'm like, so they've been off the showroom, been painted for a week. And you're waxing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you know, you're really not supposed to do that. I don't care if it's factory paint, non-factory paint. It doesn't really matter.
0: I can't even remember what else was on that sticker that was on the the Subaru when we got it. But it, it was kind of, you know, and you know what? Both my Fords, the SHO and the Transit Connect came with nitrogen-filled tires. Do you know what the Ford dealer charged for those? How not much? Nothing.
1: Well, there
0: you go. No, no addendum, nothing. We, you know, they're just nitrogen filled tires. You know, that, okay, I guess that's a nicety that that they can sell that as oh, we gave you a two hundred and fifty dollar value, and some people are going to buy it. But at least they didn't try to screw me out of two hundred and fifty dollars and give me my two pretend to give me my two hundred and fifty dollars back. And if it's really there to protect my um, low tire pressure warning system sensors in the rim and that. They should either make the damn sensors better, or the nitrogen should be free in every tire. Uh, I Correct.
1: Just, it should be standard.
0: Yeah, I just believe that you know because that tire pressure sensor is covered under warranty, so the manufacturer should be looking at doing whatever they can to reduce their warranty replacement costs. You just have to kind of look at it from all you know all points of view and the you know the expenses and. If I'm not running nitrogen and that uh, low tire warning pressure sensor on um, that wheel keeps going bad and bad and bad and it's happening across the board on, say, every General Motors van that's made, it's costing General Motors more than $250 per vehicle for nitrogen in the tire. They should do it in the first place. Uh, oh, I got all preachy again this week, damn it. I'm trying not to do that anymore. So we're doing rocket racing wheels. And we're doing a booming system with uh, like four tens set into the floor of the back of this truck. Nice. Uh, some co- sort of matte black, no driving gloves, seventies era, or matte gray, seventies no, era.
1: No, no, no. It needs to be matte, kind of a Washington blue.
0: Matte blue, like
1: the thirties. Yeah, like a dark blue. I can do that with the white. With the white. Uh, No Driving Gloves logo, because, you know, white and and polished aluminum are kind of, they're in that same family, you know? Right. So, you could do the polished polished wheels, do a matte Washington blue, which is a real, real dark, pretty beautiful, beautiful blue, one of the prettiest blues ever made, and it is a a factory Ford color from the 30s, and then do the white um, No Driving Gloves logo on the back of it and, you know, lower it down a little bit and you're done.
0: And I can do, uh, I got like three grand into it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) But you know that everybody does black and gray. You know, if if you do, if you do a darker blue at night, it's going to look black. But when the sun hits it, it's going to be blue
0: i i can i agree with you there i i i've said for about a year and it seems to be true actually I might miss saying it for two years now that that i i'm out i'm done with matte black and colors like that but i can- i can see a matte blue coming into uh working for a few years and it of course goes with the no driving gloves colors that's true. We got. I got a little bit of a game plan, and all of a sudden, I've got the graphics going through my head. It's kind of based off of uh, those that know me might know my buddy Tom and the um, snakehead he just put on his Viper. And I'm thinking that something like that for the No Driving Gloves logo on the blue. With hmm. I got things running through my head now, and I just got to go look at the checkbook and see when we can start ordering this up. Should I do it in the furry blue? Have you seen that velvet?
1: No, 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 no. Just a nice, clean, Washington blue wrap. I just sent you a picture of a thirty-five roadster that uh, we built at um, the shop I used to work at, and that's uh, that's a Washington blue wrap.
0: I could go for that color. Hmm, and maybe get some get some of those. Uh... I can't think of what this, the smoothie wheels with some wide whites for the. Uh, <laughs> no, for the
1: no, 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 <laughs> you, you can't, you can't put wide whites on anything nearer than, in my opinion now, anything nearer than 1960, really 61, you know, Re- really even, even later than that or earlier than that. I don't know. Skinny, skinny whites, maybe. You could do skinny whites and Supremes, <laughs> <laughs> and then do some bellflowers coming out behind the back tires. You could go sixties custom with it. Nah. flake out the roof.
0: <laughs> no, I, I I don't think so. I I think I like the direction we were going.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think a smoothie wheel, flat blue, with the no driving gloves logo on it. That would be. It would it would be really clean and it would be really cool. And it's gonna kinda of grab your attention going down the road. And with the with that side glass being black down near, you know, the blue is gonna kinda of blend in with that too.
0: True. I'm
1: down. Yeah.
0: Okay, be cool. See we we send it to me. We, we we figured it out. No, I'll I'll do all that in my garage. This is all bolt on stuff. <laughs>
1: Other than that, wrap. Woo! Man, them things suck.
0: I, I've wrapped a few cars and yeah, I can do it, but it, it, it's a long couple of days. I say, I think we've put together a plan. Somehow we got there, bitched about car dealers, bitched about new cars, bitched about nitrogen and tires. We arrived at, eh, at least I've got a little bit of a direction and thought process now. With that, I'm going to let Will go load his trailers, he needs to get some sleep. We we weren't, weren't going to go this long tonight, but you guys got lucky.
1: Hey, that's all right. You know, I don't need but about three hours sleep. We're good. I only have to go to Bowling Green tomorrow, so we'll leave about 5 o'clock in the morning, get there, set everything up, and have a nice dinner and probably smoke a cigar or two with my pal Dan Duffy and call it a night.
0: That sounds like a much better plan than I'm going to have for the weekend, but.
1: Hey, be at the shop in the morning. Go with us.
0: I was kind of thinking, uh, skip out work on Friday and.
1: (laughs) Come on. And what, how funny would it be if we're both in Bowling Green and Derek's not there? (laughs) 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 Oh, Lord. All right. I'm out.
0: I'm out. Talk to everybody next week.
1: See you later.